welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to the first and last episode of the Undercard Look Back at Undertaker's Secondary uh, Championship Victories. As we take a look at Vengeance 2001, where the Undertaker faces Rob Van Dam in a hardcore uh, rules match for the Hardcore Championship. And there is no better person to join me on this look back at this match than Randy Turco, who has been with me through all the step of the way with the look back at the Undertaker's Tag Team Championship victories. As we hit this little speed bump before we get to the look back at Undertaker's various gimmick matches. So Randy, I thank you for joining me here again today. How have you been this last month? Good, excellent. Still cold here in Minnesota, still negative. The Weather Channel likes to like, give me alerts, I'm not kidding, every two hours to let me know like it's still frigid outside. And I'm like, yeah, yeah man, I know, I live in Minnesota. You don't have to let me know every two hours. Yeah. But uh, still cold here, but uh, uh, ready to go on this series. Um, it's so funny, we're going to stop and do one match for the Hardcore title. The Undercard series is one match, and then we're going to get into the gimmick matches, which I think is going to take a very long time. So yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, we're going to be very old men when we finish the gimmick <laughs> matches. <laughs> but hey, that's what keeps it keeps it fresh, keeps it exciting, you know, kids to look at, because you've got, he's got a whole entire history of various gimmick matches. So we can intertwine so many different things in that. Uh, but this is a nice little little break between the tag team titles and that whole cluster of library of gimmick matches beforehand. It's something that you weren't really thinking Undertaker would go after. It's a not only an undercard championship, it's like the very undercard championship of the hardcore title. You know, you would having, you know, Cruiserweights win this, you know, upstart people coming into the company like Jerry Lynn, Rob Van Dam, Crash Holly winning this title, and then all of a sudden, The Undertaker wins the title. It's Just like. Think about it like um, the 24 7 title, like The Undertaker or somebody like Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar going yeah. after the 24 7 title, you know? Yeah, it's like that, that uh, when they had Kane win the 24 7 title when they were in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. It's like. Why is Kane winning the 24-7 title? It's exactly like that. It's, you know, Undertaker, the main event superstar, it's like giving like a sort of validity almost to this championship so that whoever beats him, which will eventually be Maven, um, you know, it gives almost like a sort of a rub to the championship and to the person that eventually beats him for this championship. So kind of works. he's working a two-way street here with this title. Absolutely. Uh, so before we dig in, do you got your phone? Are we ready to do some live eBay, maybe? <laughs> of course. And this is something we were discussing off air. Uh, tell, yeah. the, tell, the, tell the listeners what you found on eBay. Yeah, well, we had, done, we had <laughs> talked about last month. You know, we were going to discuss. Notice how there's no, there's no toys here in, in any of our screens. Mm-hmm. Because we were going to discuss that uh, ringside exclusive WCW Tag Team Champion Undertaker. Uh, it was supposed to be here in early to mid-February. We thought, great, we'll hold off recording until very late mid-February, like almost the 20s. We'll mm-hmm. hold off recording, and we'll have the we'll have the fig here, and we can talk about it. And then we got the dreaded email that says it's not coming until April because it's off in production somewhere. I mean, 
maybe China, I don't know where it's at, but it's been delayed, so there's nothing, there's no toy to talk about. Uh, playing the smallest today. violin I can find. Right, first world problems, right? My toy isn't here on time, but <laughs> so I found on eBay, you and I talked over Christmas with our, our light-up sweaters about the Ginger Dead Man mm-hmm. ornaments that they've been putting out every year, and at first I thought, I don't want any part of these. These are dumb. So I didn't buy a lot of the early ones. And then a couple people bought ones for me, so I have some. And then the one this year I bought, and it sold out. You told me it sold out for this year. It's gone already. I've seen a couple of those on eBay for 50 bucks. 50 bucks. I know. I'm like, wow, I'm glad I got mine for six. Yes, yes. Mine was three in shipping. So it's Oh, see, you got me. Yeah, so they, I did see on eBay somebody posted the American Badass one. 2000 Undertaker with like the, um, like the, I don't know, like the blue shirt, the blue denim shirt on, mm-hmm. and the duster and the shades and the do rag. Um, so that Ginger Dead Man, somebody posted quantity two. So there's two available and it's been about two weeks. It was 1999. Yeah. And they've since lowered it to 1959. Mm-hmm. Right? So thanks for the 50 cents, I guess, or the 40 cents. <laughs> but I, it's also best offer. So yes. I don't know if I'm here since we don't have a toy to talk about. I didn't know if we should maybe do a best offer right now at the, at the kickoff of the show, and then maybe by the end of the hour, we'll have some news. Yeah, I, I, and when you told me this, I was totally down for it, because this is one of the gingerbread men I am missing. Um, me too. Yeah, like I said, I have the original Undertaker, I have the Boneyard Snowman, and I have the Phantom Mask that they released this year. I'm missing yep. this one, and I think they released like a WrestleMania 28 edition. When he has that full cloak, that, yes, that's the other one I'm missing. Yep, I'm missing that one too. Yep. So I'm keeping an eye out. I thought, as we talked about, I thought that they would be a lot easier on eBay. People would just post them left and right, but yeah. it's not that at all. Not at all. It is very difficult coming across any superstar, let alone yes. The Undertaker. So, so um, I am ready to submit my offer. Are you? Yeah, and I think we should offer the same amount so that way we're both going to get treated fairly and hopefully accepted both because you can get rid of them now all in one swoop it's 59 what do you think like 18 17 what do you think i i always go i always start low because you can always work yourself up so sure. i'm going 14.99 you're going 14.99 okay all right let's see i'll do it too and then we'll do it together until i have two offers for 14.99 you can get rid of them all tonight <laughs> okay i'm gonna right. do it did okay. you do it yet uh no one, two, three, go. Yep. Okay. It's, sent. okay. it's sent. We'll see what happens. So we'll see if we get an update. If not, we'll do social media after whenever we do get an update. But hopefully it'll be during the recording. Definitely. I, that would be great if it's during the recording. Heck yes. Yes. <laughs> I've been watching this thing like a hawk, like just hoping nobody buys one. I know. I was like, oh, come on. Just last till Thursday. Last till Thursday when we do this. <laughs> but... Uh, Hopefully, hopefully by the end of the uh, episode, we got some news on that. And um, the only other Undertaker news, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Funko released a GameStop pre-order of the 1994 Purple Undertaker in the coffin. I did see that. Uh, so, I saw that actually on your Twitter feed just, just not too long ago, and mm-hmm. I thought... I'm not huge into Funko, but that is really cool how it's it sitting is. in the coffin. So that, that's hard to ignore, you know? <laughs> it is. Uh, I only collect Undertaker Funko Pops because that is a slippery slope of a series, Funko Pops. Yeah. 
and um, yeah so I just do Undertaker and uh, I can't say no to an Undertaker Funko Pop especially something as cute as him sitting in a coffin I mean it's just right. it's just it's just begging to be pre-ordered eventually pre-ordered is it pre-orders now and then when does it come out um uh, March 30th is the expected oh, date okay. yeah so about a month I'll have to mull it over trying yes. not to spend a lot getting a new house trying not to spend a lot but man that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> 12 bucks, I think, eh, maybe, not, too not too bad. Not too bad. I've seen them be worse. We're spending more on these gingerbread men. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. It's very true. Um, so I guess we get right into this. Are you ready? I am right already. Uh, actually, I looked up really quick before we hit play. Sure. I didn't, I didn't know this, but as I was researching this match, RVD and The Undertaker, and I probably knew it at the time and just forgot, they had a match for the hardcore title before this. Ooh. And I didn't bet. They met on the Go Home Raw before Survivor Series 01. So they were doing the invasion winner take all multi man tag team match for the, the you know, winner take all. And uh, so that's uh, November 12th, Raw. And it's the Go Home for Survivor Series. And RVD defends against Undertaker. It was kind of like a cold match. There was no feud or anything. It was just kind of like. Alliance guy, WWF guy, go for it. Um, trying to pump up that main event. And because it's a hardcore match, Taker kind of had RVD on the ropes. And then out came Booker T, his oh. alliance mate. And it's it's legal, right? It's hardcore. Yeah. Two yeah. On one. So they, they, beat, they beat him up two on one, and RVD hit the five-star frog splash for the win and retained. But it was interesting that they had, this is not their only hardcore title match. This is their second one, actually. Yeah. About a month later. About a month later, Undertaker seeks out revenge, as you can say. Yes, and that was uh, that was face Undertaker with long hair, though, and as you'll oh. see, this is face for tonight's match. Yes. 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 Quite at the quite the departure in the characters we're going to see here, especially in this build-up, as you get to see Undertaker take a turn for the first time in at least two and a half, three years. The Undertaker. Right. The Undertaker becomes a villain on WWF television. He always knows when to, you know, when to keep ahead of that curve. Oh yeah, yeah. He always know. Yeah, don't wanna, don't wanna ride the straight line too much. You know, gotta mix it up a little. Well, as he says, if if you think you're boring, you're already boring to the fans because they're they're ahead of you. So if you think you might be stale, you're already stale. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very good insight into a character. Right. Yeah. Very Absolutely. Good. Yeah. It's kept him relevant for 30 plus years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we are both queued up at 1 hour, 6 minutes, 9 seconds on the Peacock Network. And while you are ready, we shall get started. Countdown from 3. And we shall see The Undertaker take on Rob Van Dam for the hardcore title for the second time. Yes. So 3, 2, 1, play. Perfect. Yes. So they're showing the uh, the package now that's basically showing Taker's heel turn, and he's talking about how he's been around a long time. Mm -hmm. He's fought a lot of legends that have come and gone, and they've all kissed Vince's ass, and nobody's kissed his ass more than, than him. Yeah. And so they're trying to make JR kiss his ass, and JR says he's not going to kiss Vince's ass. So the Undertaker says, well, if you're not going to kiss his ass, are you better than me? And so Taker unexplicably beats up JR and makes him kiss Vince's ass. 
Because if you ever want to become a heel, you just beat up J.O. Right, right. Um, and there he goes, beating him up. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, having shoving somebody's face in Vince's bare ass is probably not something that would work in 2022. <laughs> <sighs> and Vince slapping his ass with the cowboy hat, you know. <laughs> What an image. What an image to leave off uh, on. Yes, and then Taker's going on this rampage of Taz and all these other superstars demanding respect. That's his thing, is I want respect. He's beating it out of people, which eventually leads him to RVD. Yeah. There he is, beating him up on, uh, on SmackDown. you got to love that uh, leather vest and black what a, combo. What a combo. I was going to say, what a combo Undertaker chose for this. Black hoodie, black leather vest. Yes. Quite Take the... talking here that RVD, that was his first lesson going through that garbage can and that vengeance will graduate with honors. That's like one of my favorite Taker lines. <laughs> <laughs> and now we get a different look on Taker. For the first, yeah, they... for the first time ever, The Undertaker has short hair. They're showing him with short hair, and this short hair would last for the rest of his American Badass days. So this this is, you can see by Survivor Series 03 when Vince buries him, he's growing it, it looks a little bit past his ear, you can tell he's trying to grow it back out because he's going to reemerge as the dead man, but mm -hmm. this this short hair, this is this is it for the rest of the Biker Taker days. Yeah, so it's so different, it's so different to see that uh, sudden change here. Yeah, he just got that haircut right before the, the pay-per-view. It looks uh, 12601, so three days before the pay-per-view, he did he debuts that haircut. Pretty cool. Wow. Yes. Wow, he does a lot on that SmackDown, it looked like. He attacked yeah, Rob Van Dam, it looked like in the beginning he had a match, and then he gets attacked at the end. I notice here, there's Taker's Barber sign. Uh, <laughs> People are always so on it. They, uh, this, this, if you had the volume up, you could hear Roland. So, Peacock, so inconsistent. Roland, okay here, but it's not okay on some of the other Right? <laughs> right? It's like okay on like 90% of it, but SummerSlam 2001, absolutely not. Not okay. Not okay. Taker's wearing them glasses that when I, I ordered a bunch of American <laughs> Badass stuff, Dead Man Inc. stuff, and I thought I was getting them glasses, man. I thought that's what I was getting in the mail, and I ended up getting like these gas station pair of glasses that say Undertaker on the side. Gas station pair not, of glasses? I, I did not get those. I thought I was getting those. <laughs> thought you were going to be so cool with Undertaker-style glasses? Yeah, All-American Kiss ass. That's a good sign, too. Uh, he is, by the way, I have to mention, I'm contractually obligated to mention he's wearing that hook on his pants, just so you know. You are contractually obligated, yes, thank you. <laughs> I didn't want to mention anything I wanted you to. Yes, thank you. And as and as you were so eagle eye, he did not slap his leg coming down. Nope. He did not, because he's a heel now, right? Yes, he's a heel now, he did not slap his leg. RVD doing his RVD thumbs. Yes, that's what he's known for. I was just at a Super Bowl party on Sunday, and my buddy, I was in his basement watching that. There's a guy with the RVD sign in an Undertaker shirt in the crowd. That was crazy. Uh -huh. was what a, what, a, what a twist in the Matrix that is. Right. <laughs> uh, but my buddy had RVD, though. He had the foam RVD thumbs in his basement, just, just chilling out. I'm like, 
got these RVD thumbs. You could probably eBay these. Like, this is crazy. Or you could just he's give like, them yeah, to. Or you could just give them to you. <laughs> right. He's like, I just let my kids play with them. I'm like, oh, you're killing me. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. <laughs> and I remember this match being, you know, the way I remember it back in 01 was uh, kind of more of a squash than it ends up being. I mean, it's not, it's actually Undertaker gives him quite a bit of offense as they do a collar and elbow tie up there in a hardcore title match. <laughs> right? And for, and if I remember correctly, I believe this is like one of the only hardcore title matches that there's no interference. It's like, right. it's, it stays a one-on-one -on -one hardcore title match. You have a million people running out trying to chase down the title, like the 24-7 title. Yeah. Undertaker treats it like it's an actual match match. Yes. Yeah, they do start off in the ring. RVD with the move here. Let's see what he does here. Yeah, I... And Look the, at that. that. That's something I might do into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> that dive off the top rope. Yeah, I, I never really pictured this a squash match because, like you said, Van Damme gets a lot of offense, as we see here. He does. He gets way more than I remembered anyway. RVD was kind of, um, he won the, the Hardcore Belt at Invasion, so he had it pretty much all summer, minus, you know, five or six days. He's had it since July. He kind of is the face of the Hardcore division. Wow. Until he gets to The Undertaker, especially at a time where that thing was changing hands sometimes five times a night. You know? Yeah. Remember, uh, I don't know when was the last time you saw it, but remember WrestleMania 2000, they had that Hardcore gauntlet? Every time yes. somebody pinned somebody, it was changing hands? It's ridiculous. It ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was going to go for snake guys on the stairs. No, he's going for the post, and then he ate the post. Oh. And right there, he kicks him in the face, and JR's talking about his educated feet. You know, one went to Harvard, one went to Yale. <laughs> And it's funny that JR, JR's commenting on this match, like, this whole angle started because of him. And yeah. And he's just like, it's over it, you know? <laughs> this whole angle started because of him. Yeah. He does, I don't believe he mentions the ass kissing or anything like that. He doesn't do any of that. <laughs> we're in the crowd now. Yeah, now we're going to get to, like, the hardcore part of the uh, evening, I suppose. Something you can't do nowadays with COVID times. Yes, that's true. I can't believe this is like 20 years ago and how much the world has changed. Right. I think he's going to choke RVD with this Mexican flag here, which is awesome. Yeah, here it goes. Here it goes. <laughs> As a fan, you gotta love that. I gotta love that. Like I had a, I had a Tommaso's gonna, uh, Tommaso's gonna kill you. Champa's gonna kill you. Sign at ROH. Uh, Kevin Steen's one of his last nights was in Minnesota. Kevin Steen stole it from me and tore it in half, and I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Oh yeah, that's a piece of history now. See, now you're on the the Peacock Network. You're on the tapes and everything. Of Undertaker using your flag to choke Rob Van Dam, it's a piece of WWE and Undertaker history. Right. RVD using the environment around him there, he was jumping off the barricade to uh, 
attack the Undertaker. So he's kind of got to do that because Undertaker's got the size here. So RVD's got to use weapons and the environment around him. There's there's Taker grading his face. A couple fans in the audience wearing the Jack Pacific toy belts. Yes. Because that's a staple in any this, audience back then. This might be around the time where Taker's saying RVD's getting his ass whipped. It's like my favorite part of this match. Wow, that's your favorite part of the match. Like when they're chanting RVD. Oh, RVD. yeah. Yeah, he's like, RVD's getting his ass whipped. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I love it. I turned to my friends immediately at the live show that we were watching, and I was like, I'm buying this DVD. After he did that, I'm buying it. Oh, with the extinguisher. Now he can't see. <laughs> That's it, because he said that. I said, I'm buying this DVD. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I have to have this DVD. I did buy it, yeah. Do you still have it? That's the question. I do. It's packed away. Cause we're ah. Moving, so it's packed away, but I do have it. Heck yeah, that's a, that's a very prestigious hardcore championship victory. I can't give away that, that DVD. No way. No, absolutely not. Well, RBD's going to go up and do his best new jack here and jump off of the uh, the balcony, I guess. This is this is like something you would pull off on, in video games. Right? Here he goes. Boom. And apparently they don't dust in that arena because there is just dust and dirt flying everywhere after RVD lands on them. Yeah, it's like they just have like a pile of dirt there waiting. They must not clean over there at the arena. Ugh. Boom. It was such a great spot, we gotta show it three times. Tammy, RVD got a lot of offense in more than I remembered, and I, I love at the end of the match we'll see uh, Taker gives that uh, that look of like disbelief, like whoa, what the hell is this guy was way harder than I thought he was gonna be. He kind of gives he gives RVD that rub, I think. Well, yeah, just just by being in a match with the Undertaker, you get that kind of rub. Yeah. Because by this time, he you know he can pick and choose opponents and what he would like to do. I think they're on the other side of like the Titantron right now. What an image would have been if he would have tossed Van Damme through the Titantron screen. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Like uh, Shane McMahon and Kurt Angle King <laughs> of the Ring style. You know? Just break the whole screen. Leg drop, one, two. So close. Give him that headbutt. One of the things I remember, I think it's coming up, is I think Van Damme uh, grabs onto the uh, 
stage here. We're trying to get a last ride. Oh, Snake Eyes into the stage. Yeah, that, that last ride counter is awesome. I loved it. Undertaker's like looking around like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, it's like drums. Like, I can't, this guy's kicking my ass a little bit. I didn't think he'd be this hard. You know, I, I love that. It's the same look he gave after Shawn Michaels kicked out of that uh, tombstone at WrestleMania 25, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, here it comes. This is what I remember. It's one of the things I remember from this match. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That agile RVD. Nope. No last ride coming for you. Line or a punch, whatever that was. A vicious punch. Yes. Best pure striker in the game. I like how the referee is just holding on to the title, like, <laughs> just bringing him everywhere. <laughs> Match could end at any time. It could. It could end at any time. I think he goes for like a Van Daminator here, which is one of my favorite RVD. Oh, Rolling Thunder first. Boom. Come on. You're not going to beat The Undertaker for the hardcore title with a... A, a Rolling Thunder. thunder. <laughs> have to do better than that, yeah. <laughs> Here he goes with the chair. I love the Van Daminator. I love this thing. This little surfboard, whatever the hell. Oh, yeah. I used to love hitting this on people in, in video games. <laughs> right. Now that's worth a pin. I don't think he's going to get it, but that was worth a pin. What does RVD got to do? Hit him with the car? Like, what do you got to do to beat this oh, guy? Oh, hey, Tay, hey, don't need, no need to pull a Rikishi here. Come on. <laughs> Take her with that chair shot to the back. Not just any chair shot, as JR calls it, a hard chair shot. Well, as we know, Taker doesn't discriminate. He pretty much pounds everybody. With Look at chair. that chair! <laughs> the chair's like bent. Grab it by his ponytail. Van Terminator? Nope. Going for that choke slam. Boom. Through the table, off the stage. That will probably do it. Probably. Taker is drunk. Can't believe this guy has been this tough. <laughs> I thought he would jump and do an elbow here, but Taker does crawl down safely. And he gets the easy count to become the hardcore champion officially. He is selling the pain and the disbelief that RVD just brought the fight. It would be cool well, if you would have done a, a flying elbow or a leg drop out of him. Yeah, like that's how I think that's how Kane won the uh, the hardcore title. Yeah, seven just did that diving elbow off the stage. Yeah, that's how Kane won it. Now both brothers of destruction are hardcore champions. They have been very prestigious hardcore champions. Yes, they have been. And I believe Jr. is calling him Booger Red here, which that just. When you used to call him Booger Red, it would just drive me up a wall. I hated that nickname when JR would call him that. It's uh, apparently a uh, like a cowboy term for outlaw. 
So I get what he was going for, but it just sounds dumb. And I think this is the first time he starts calling him Booger Red because he's got that sh short hair. Ugh, puke. <laughs> I know, I think Jerry Lawler brings him the task at WrestleMania about it. It's like, what is that? What are you talking about? Yeah, can I ask you something, JR? What the hell is a Booger Red? <laughs> he just takes that belt. RBD's still sleeping, and he just takes the belt and rides out of town, and that's it. And notice Taker doesn't do the old uh, arm up. That's right. You don't care about that right now. You don't care about that. He's a heel. Right. That's right, and that's it. So Taker's your hardcore champion. He, yes, he um, is. He holds this for 58 days. Wow, longer than some uh, world titles that he's held. Yeah, so he's uh, held it for 58 days, uh, one reign for 58 days, and that's the, uh, I looked it up on all the combined reigns that people have, so like Crash Holly has, I don't even know, 55 reigns for however many days. Taker only has one reign for 58 days, but 58 days in the hardcore world is eighth best. Wow, eighth best, that's pretty good. It's pretty good for winning at one time, but yeah. he held it for a while like RBD did before him. He didn't lose it, you know, every other day like Crash Holly and Hurricane and some of these oh guys did. So, um, and you're right, he did lose it to Maven on SmackDown in February of 02, thanks to The Rock. Yes. The Rock, Rock interfered and set up their match at No Way Out 2002, which was 20 years ago today. Wow. No Way Out 2002. Wow. I was uh, I was there. It was my first pay per view, and it was in Milwaukee. It was like a five hour drive one way, so ten hours round trip. And we just like got in the car in like six in the morning on Sunday and drove out to Milwaukee. Saw it like had lunch, saw the pay per view, drove all the way home at like eleven at night when the pay per view was over. Five hours back, so we got wow. home, like three four in the morning and then went you know presumably went to class at eight in the morning. I don't know if I actually did, but. <laughs> no need to admit that on this podcast right so that was uh, No Way Out 2002 20 years ago today but yeah he lost it to Maven because of The Rock yeah. and uh, during his time as champion though he would defend the hardcore title against Spike Dudley Jeff Hardy Matt Hardy and Tajiri mostly on, on Raw and Smackdown obviously so he had some successful title defenses that I really didn't remember uh, before the whole Maven thing. Yeah, that's that's quite the cast of characters. And I looked, RVD would, uh, he wasn't done with the hardcore title, RVD would win it back in August of 02, and he would also be the final champion uh, when the hardcore title was dissolved later on in 02. Wow, I was just going to say, yeah, he must have been one of the final ones since I think that was um, retired that year. He was kind of, I know Crash Holly was the face of the hardcore title because he won it so many times, but the RVD was too because he held it so long. Yeah. Every single, it was the final champion, so RVD would get it back. And what I found out, not only did RVD and The Undertaker face each other for the hardcore belt before this match, I didn't realize that they, they were going to face each other again six months from now in May of 02. They face each other again for the uh, uni like the unified title once Taker wins. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. I remember that too. Yeah, so they uh, uh, RVD goes on from here to compete in the Royal Rumble match. Doesn't doesn't win anything, obviously. He feuds with William Regal over the IC belt at WrestleMania 18 in Toronto, and then come May, Taker wins at Judgment Day over Hogan. Yeah, wins the unified title. And the next night on Raw, 
was like getting ready to come out on Raw, the top of Raw, and celebrate his unified title victory, and RVD comes out instead. So RVD kind of uh, poo-poos on his parade there, and that sets up a unified title match for that very night after Taker wins it. And uh, they did a Jericho Triple H finish from 2000. I don't know if you remember that, where they did the old you know, Rolling Thunder, one, two, three, oh my God, RVD won the unified title. And then they show Taker's foot was on the rope. And then Ric Flair comes out and says, we got to restart the match. Last ride, one, two, three, Taker retains. So mm-hmm. RVD, uh, between beating him in November, having a hell of a match. I can't believe year, I can't believe he has such a, uh, a, sto- a sordid history with Hot Van Dam. I had no idea that they hooked up that many times. I mean, in addition to, like, the Survivor Series multi-man match and stuff. But I... I guess I didn't remember that they had a hardcore title match before this. They fought for the unified title. No memory or recollection of that at all. So I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. That's... I remember the unified... um, The Undisputed Championship match. Remember that with the foot on the rope. I I vividly uh, somewhat remember this match because whenever Undertaker wins titles, it's always something I like to go back and uh, witness... Especially, especially as you know, I I don't remember watching this live or anything. I may have, I may have not. So I definitely did. Being in in college at the time, we got at my buddy's parents' house, so we drive twenty minutes off campus to his parents' house, and we watch. Jeez, I want to say like thirty pay per views in a row that that weren't like over the holiday season when we're all gone, but like thirty pay per views in a row. It was crazy. So I definitely saw it live. Yeah. Wow, that was my that was my collegiate experience was going to their house for pay per views. Wow, at least you got something out of college. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I owe my degree to Google. Yes, God, yes. But uh, everything else, I was I was too busy with wrestling, um, and writing my own wrestling, doing my little fake fed. You know, mm-hmm. I remember being in class, everybody's taking notes, and I'm writing down like what I'm gonna do at my SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're taking notes, but just not, you know. Not about what's on the uh, the chalkboard or anything like that. Right, right, not at all. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, <laughs> so I looked up. So this is Taker's only undercard championship, as we said. Yeah. So I just looked up, like, well, how many other chances did he really have to win one? So I looked it up just to see, and I'm you know I'm sure there there might be some I'm missing, but of the ones I could find. He had, of course, a chance at the United States Championship. Um, this, I guess, would still be the NWA United States Championship when me, Mark Callis, lost <laughs> to Lex Luger at Great American Bash 1990. Uh, Luger used that uh, steel forearm and, and beat me, Mark Callis, about, what, four months before he was The Undertaker? So, wow. No, no U.S. title. It was his only shot at the U.S. title that I could find. No, no European title matches. None. Uh, he did have, as we just said, he did have a second hardcore championship match that I didn't realize at, uh, in November against RVD. So he could have been a two-time champ, but he could have been. He did. Could have been. He didn't win. He didn't win. Yep. And then the Intercontinental Championship mm-hmm. had a couple of swings at that. He had an In Your House Six, Rage in a Cage. Uh, I, this is in February of '96. I think this is one of those dark matches after the main event for the live crowd. I think. Um, he fought Intercontinental Champion Goldust 
Yep. And uh, he was dominating a pillar to post. I actually watched this match on YouTube. He was dominating <laughs> a pillar to post. And then he choke slams them and he signals for the tombstone. And Goldust got the hell out of there. Goldust, <laughs> roll, Goldust rolls out of the ring, gets Marlena, and they roll up the ramp, gets counted out, and Undertaker wins, but not the title. So. I know, and no he, has, he has a couple chances at Goldust. I think another one he gets, like, uh, Goldust gets DQ'd, and the other one, I think the final one is the casket match where Mankind interferes. Yep, that was the next one I had, was In Your House 8, Beware of Dog, and that's the one they did, like, twice because of the power went out or whatever in the arena. <laughs> uh, so, I guess, and this is May of 96, but Beware of Dog 1, Goldust casket match, lost because mankind was in the casket mm-hmm. and then uh beware of dog two two days later uh gets gold dust casket match loss mankind was in the casket you would think that he would be ready for that things that this just happened two days before where mankind was in the casket nope, nope. you gotta not- pretend you gotta pretend didn't happen the lights went out <laughs> never happened so uh, a couple of losses there and then his last chance at the intercontinental belt came in 1997 early 97 February of 97 so it's appropriate for the show against Triple H Hunter Hearst Helmsley who was the Intercontinental Champion at the time on Shotgun Saturday night at Penn Station in New York the infamous tombstone on the escalator yes he, he uh, lost by DQ uh, when he tombstones Triple H on the uh, on the escalator that's the DQ finish he got DQ'd for tombstoning him on an escalator yeah, I have lost my DQ. Oh my god. <laughs> so Undertaker was not able to uh, procure the Intercontinental Belt in any of those opportunities, unfortunately. And he doesn't make the weight class for Cruiserweight, so I didn't even look for that. No, no, he does not. He's a little uh, today. And I guess, I guess the only other one would have been the... Um, the two-man power trip match where they all the gold was on the line. If he would have pinned Triple H, if he would have pinned Triple H, he would have won the Intercontinental title. Yeah. So true. I know you said you were kind of hoping for that a little bit. You wanted to be world champion, but it would have been cool to get that. Yeah. IC. Yeah. I mean, it would have been like it would have been something like if they want to keep the title on Austin, but if they want to take it away from Triple H and give Undertaker a victory. It would have made him uh, a uh, Grand Slam champion at one at uh, eventually. So I was like, "Ooh, that would have been the perfect time right there." Yeah, and that was in what April of '01. Yeah, Chicago. April of '01. Right? Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah, yeah. But alas, he didn't win any of these, so alas. we're not covering it. Alas, um, yes. With, with the uh, undercard titles, unfortunately. Yeah, this is. Uh, one and done with the undercard title. Um, you know what else can you say? It's a good match, and I th- I thoroughly enjoyed it. Going back and watching this one, I I, I loved it. Yeah. I thought I loved that RVD got way more offense than I remember from twenty years ago. I mean, he got way more offense. He looked really good here. Yeah, he really did. He really I did. Think he goes on. As you know, he goes on to unify the WWE and ECW titles before. Yeah, you know, so I mean, he does okay. Right? Yeah, he, he wins okay the Money in the awesome. Bank. He wins the Money in the Bank at WrestleMania 22. Cashes it on John Cena at ECW One Night Stand. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, 
Yep. So he uh, it turned he turned out okay, kid. Right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> he did all right. I so I was thinking about toys. You know, we try to talk about toys from this era, and I know we've spent a lot of time in home one. So I don't. Know oh yeah. Talked about, but like one that would have been perfect would have been the ringside exclusive WCW Tag Team Champion Undertaker <laughs> who would have got here. He's got he's got the long hair, but he's got like the. Dead Man Inc. era shirts. He's got the beanie. He's got the leather pants. Um, I didn't look and see if that thing has the hook on his pants. Oh. I hope he does. But uh, he does have long hair, so it's a little uh, off. But, I mean, that's, like, from the right era. The only other thing I could think of was um, Elite 18. Because Elite 18 has short hair, mm-hmm. leather pants. Uh, but it's got the big red evil devil shirt which is more of a 2002, which is where he's going here in the next couple of months. So that one's kind of close also, I guess maybe Elite 18. Yeah, I and you as you're going through these, I just remember none of them come with a hardcore title. Not right. even in his Jack Pacific days, they never gave The Undertaker the hardcore championship as an accessory belt. We, uh, I, I did write in my notes here, we need a good RSE, RBD's getting his ass whipped, hardcore title exclusive. That's what we need. <laughs> we need an, an elite two pack. Undertaker and Rob Van Dam. Yeah, I would, I, well, especially after this, I would buy the hell out of it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. If only that ringside exclusive would have came in time. Yeah. Instead, we'll be talking about it. Probably, maybe the April show, maybe the May show. Maybe the, yes, depends. We can only hope. Yeah, I hope it, well, see, I'm moving, so I hope it comes before I have to change my address with Ringside. Yeah, I mean, if that happens, just cancel the order and reorder it. Yeah, no joke, I'll have to watch out for that. I think it'll get here before then. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, February moments. I looked up some February moments of The Undertaker. Yep. Because um, we are in February. I thought some good ones. And some of them you might have talked about on the on the, uh, the main show. <laughs> a show. The mother show, if you will. But I, I thought about those uh, two 21-11 promos. Remember those vignettes? Yes. Back in 2011 with that dilapidated cabin in the, in the rain. And mm-hmm. everybody was talking about like who it is. And uh, was it The Undertaker? Was it Sting? Some people actually thought it was Kevin Nash, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> I don't know why that would make them think of Kevin Nash, but it did. And, of course, it was The Undertaker. Um, and he came out and didn't even get a chance to speak before Triple H cut him off. And then here comes Triple H. And then they didn't. They had that famous no-words promo, you know, and just yep. looked at the rest of the sign. So I, I do remember those two 21-11 vignettes with that cabin and, that, you know, I fully believed it was The Undertaker. I didn't know if it would be Sting or not, or if it was talking about Undertaker and Sting, but I knew it was going to be The Undertaker. So yeah, I, I knew it was going to be The Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. and I, as I've said here, I'm one of like the only, I think I'm the only person on planet Earth that did not, I didn't, I didn't want Undertaker Sting like everybody else did. Like, if they ever hooked up, it would have been cool because they're both awesome. But I don't see them as like, the same gimmick? I don't know. I just don't. They both wear black. I mean, they got that going for them. But I wouldn't have liked... I, 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 I agree. I don't think I would have liked it either. Yeah, I mean, it would have been like... 
too awesome, like, it's, legend at it. I see it as it's too divisive for people to pick. Because you sure. got people who love Undertaker, you got people who love Sting, and you're forcing people to pick. Right. Yeah. Because... I don't know. I, I just feel like they wouldn't have meshed as well as people think they would have. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how their chemistry in the ring would have been. I just, everybody thinks like, oh man, it's like uh, goth god versus goth god. And I'm like, I don't, they both were black. That's about the end yeah, of the Yeah, it's like, oh, everybody wants Goldberg Austin. Uh, no, you don't want Goldberg Austin. <laughs> no, Goldberg, no. Goldberg doesn't, will not mesh well with Austin's fighting style. How do you feel about the rumors about Austin getting in the ring at 57 to face Kevin Owens? Uh, I mean, I, I love Austin as much as the next guy. But he hasn't fought in 20 years. I know. I, I feel like it's almost uh, it's almost too late. I appreciate what Edge has done and what Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson have done. But I feel like for in the case of Steve Austin, he's 57. It has been a long time. Now, Kevin Owens can help carry him. Um, but, man, it's been a long time. And I don't know if you want to... I don't know if you want to go in there and do a Shawn Michaels, Saudi Arabia type thing. Like Sometimes it's just good to leave it alone. Yeah, and also there's no storyline. I mean, with Michaels, you know, he was in Triple H's corner for that Undertaker match. He had all that history right. with Undertaker and Triple H. You know, he was pulled into this with that, uh, with how he was disrespected at the end of that match and everything. So, you, you know, it was okay to see him. But, you know, just pulling Austin out of thin air to face Kevin Owens, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, uh, you do the stunner. I do the stunner. That's basically where we're... We're going to just make a match out of that. Kevin Owens goes for a stunner. He's reversed. And there's... Oh, God, it's like the quickest match in WrestleMania history. I'll show you, Rock. And maybe yes, maybe that's what it has to be with his uh, with his age and his rust and his injury. I pushed a winding down into his neck. I just don't know if that sounds like a great idea, but they know more than I do, I suppose. Uh, other moment I had was the Elimination Chamber, and I think you might be talking about that this week. Elimination Chamber 2010. Yeah, not only will I be talking about the chamber, I on uh, I have the 221 moments coming up on okay. this neck. Yeah. I'm ruining everything. No, no, because this is dropping after the episode, yeah, so. There you go. There you go. Uh, that elimination chamber, uh, you know, I'll let you cover the match, you know, on, on the, the mothership, if you will. But uh, uh, I just talk about that. Um, that all of them. Team. All of them. 08, 09, and 10. Yeah. All of yeah. them. You've been covering but that was the one. 10 was when he was burned, right? Burned, and he was a champion. And coming out, and he. I guess he had been telling the pyro guy for weeks, like, hey, man, those are a little close. Let's back him off. And he didn't ever back him off. And Taker finally got engulfed in the flames. And so Taker talked about on this Steve Austin, the Steve Austin interview on the on the network or the Peacock, and he's talking about how his, he can see his skin bubbling as he's standing in the in this pod. So he's pouring, like, oh. bottles of water on himself, but it's not helping all that much. And he had to go in there with, like, first and second degree burns and do this 35-minute match, and he he never missed a beat, man. And he could have fooled me, you know? Yeah. He had to drop his belt, and he had to get on this angle with Michaels, and he had to get it done, and he did. I mean, constant professional. Although, he did come back, I guess he did come back and tell Vince, like, that MF 
is fired, and I never want to see him again. Or I'm gonna I think him. I think I heard a story that uh, Vince fired <laughs> Vince fired him before Undertaker can get back there. Right, like, don't yeah. get in a moving car. Yeah, no, Vince, go, go, go. Vince fired him before I take it back there, because, yeah. He's not coming back from that. No. I totally agree, if, especially if Taker told the guy, back it off, and the guy never backed it off, so. Yeah. He could have killed somebody. Um, I didn't find any good Valentine moments. Maybe you did. I couldn't find any good Valentine. Like, there was no, like... The oh, only oh. thing, the only thing I have is Undertaker on Valentine's Day cards, which I was talking about, yes. and the Valent Saint Valentine's Day Massacre, which was last week's episode. Right. Uh, him appearing at the pay per view to start the Big Boss Man, uh, abducting the Boss Man, putting him on the symbol, and starting the WrestleMania program up. That's it. Yeah, I didn't find any good like ho 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 moments like we found. <laughs> Nothing good there, but I, I did find, as we talked about on Twitter, uh, he didn't get a Valentine, he didn't talk about Valentine's, but he did beat the hell out of a Valentine when he pinned Graphic Valentine on October 1991's Primetime Wrestling. Uh, Greg Valentine had him down in the figure four. I, I don't know that... They went, from, they went from they went from team partners at Survivor Series to fighting each other on Superstars a year later. Oh, the travesty this is. Right. Yeah, they, uh, he had him in the figure four, and he, I don't know if Taker would have tapped, but this is a zombie Taker that doesn't, like, show pain, but, like, he has him in the figure four, and then he just cuts. I watched the match recently, and he, he lets go voluntarily. He, like, lets go and lets him out of it. Taker pretty much gets up and scoops him up for a tombstone, and that's it. Wow. And I'm like, that's A, that's 1991 for you, but B, I'm like, why would he let go of that hole? Like, didn't last very long, Greg Valentine, so... I, did, I even did a deep dive to see, are there any other Greg Valentine oh, takers? You are, you are a braver man than I, <laughs> to do uh, a deep dive that. into Greg the Hammer Valentine matches, see if there was any more taker. Yeah, maybe house shows, but there were none on any kind of TV, except for, like you said, Survivor Series when they teamed up, mm -hmm. and then, uh, and then uh, a year later where he got buried pretty easily. Huh? You win some, you lose some. You're sometimes on the high and sometimes on the lows. That's all I have for February. Yeah, that's basically all I have too. You know, it's a bit of a slow month in terms of Undertaker memories and everything like that. Yeah, I did wear my... Uh, ah, uh, nice. Yeah, nice. my uh, loved by few, hated by many, respected by all shirt. I think I've worn it on the, on the pod before. But I wore it today because this is this is the shirt that was like going on right now. During yeah, the, I think this the is the that's the shirt it creates. I think. Yeah, I mean, like that's like what a great mod. Like, put this on my tombstone, right? Like, <laughs> right? Like, seriously, that's a that's a great motto. So I, I remember. I wish it wasn't so big. It's like a one XL, I think. But it's one of my favorite Taker shirts. I love it. You didn't know what you were doing back then. You just buying, no. just buying sizes. I've said it before. Uh, Taker the Dead Man gimmick, I think, was better. But I do feel like, in my heart of hearts, the American Badass shirts were better. Even though I like the Dead Man gimmick better, the shirts were they. They get so much more freedom to have different stuff on the shirts than when you're the you're the Dead Man. You're kind of in a corner. That's true. Yeah, That's true. I love the I love the Dead Man shirts like Dead Man Inc. Um, I'll make you famous. This one, the big oh yeah, one. I got that one too. 
Yeah, they're all great. I can't think of a bad, badass um, shirt. That red uh, big evil one that I wore to the CM Punk rampage, you know, <laughs> so I could see myself. Yeah, the 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 red hoodie. Yeah, I just want to find that. Um, there's that one. The last the last uh, badass shirt is uh, that he had for like Survivor Series 03. Is that? Uh, oh yeah, the big, Grim Reaper, right? With the with the hourglass. Yeah, it's like big evil worldwide or something. Mm-hmm. And it's got like the Grim Reaper, the skeleton guy, and his fist, and then like that. That's a it's another black shirt. It's not red or anything, but I'm like I am after that last biker shirt. Um, but so far, no mediums, and they're damn sure not like fifty bucks. They're <laughs> much more, so I'm not gonna buy it. You know, or people will post it and it is fifty dollars, but it looks like an old dish rag. Yeah, you know? I'm like I'm not buying that either. You know. Alright, I got a new house coming. I'll just wait it out. This is what you talked about. It's good for my wallet. Yeah, good for my wallet, you know. Just saving up for that eventual display and everything like that. You yes. get it, you get it, you get the deal. You get the deal when it comes. You've been out you've been on a drought for a couple weeks. Did you get anything this week? Uh I got a got a couple of fun things. I got a Undertaker dog tags from like nineteen ninety six. It has that old new generation logo. I yes. got um, the Undertaker squirt head, which I uh, talked about, like, I can't remember how many episodes back, about how atrocious it is. Well, I finally succumbed to getting the Undertaker squirt head. That doesn't mean you're not going to get it. No, it doesn't mean I'm not going to get it. It's just uh, Undertaker yo-yo, and a couple of under. Does that talk when you press a button? It lights up. Ah, uh, that's what it is. Yeah, I yep. think I had that. Yep, lights up. And a couple of Undertaker school folders brought me back. They're the ones I had when I was a kid. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Bringing them to Catholic grade school, Undertaker school folders. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But... It reminds me of going to, um, I would go to, uh, with my best friend in high school and college when I was home on break, uh, he and I would go with his family to Saturday Mass. And then after Saturday Mass, we'd all go out to eat, and then we'd go to the movies or something. But you got to go to Mass first before the good stuff, right? So we And Saturday Mass in the Catholic Church, depending on where you're at, you can dress down a little bit. You don't have to wear a suit or slacks. You can just wear jeans and your T-shirt, you know? So we would just go. And I'll never forget uh, one, one of those Saturdays, we, we rolled into... <laughs> and we drove separately from the, than the parents sometimes. You know, we would just show up at 5, and then we followed the restaurant afterwards. My buddy and I... We roll into Catholic Mass, and we're getting, they're already singing the first hymn, and we're getting bad looks from his mom. Like, she is, like, looking at us, like, but she, ain't, she can't say anything, because, you know, Mass has started, and we just, the whole hour, she's just giving us the, the evil eye, and we're like, man, what's going on? And we finally, we finally get outside the church after the hour, and we got read the riot act, because we walked into church, I'm wearing the Undertaker, and my buddy's wearing Arizona State Sun Devils. We're <laughs> like walking into the church, like, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that. My bad. You know, all these old ladies, all these blue hairs, probably have no idea. You know, <laughs> it's okay. They're dead now. It's oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> no response on the. Uh, no response yet for me. No, no response here either. It looks like it's gonna be a a social media update. 
It's like when they uh, they would run angles in wrestling, and they'll be like, "Man, we'll try to get you an update before we go off the air." But yeah. If not, check the check the dot com. That's right. That's right. And we're gonna have to pull here. You know, check our social medias to see if we are able to secure the Undertaker Gingerbread Man. Yeah. But uh, we don't get them to blame you because I, I was I was thinking seventeen and you said fifteen, so if we don't get it up blame. Gotta get a deal. Gotta get a deal. <laughs> well, I think you're right though. If you, the idea is hopefully he'll take it. If he does, great. And if he, even if he counters at sixteen, we're still better off. Exactly. You can always go up. You can't go down. Right. So what are you thinking? Last thing I have. What are you thinking for our next uh, venture? I, I yes. This is what rough estimates. I mean, sure, some of these don't have, um, we won't have footage. I'm sure the numbers aren't perfect, but just to give us a rough draft, a rough idea. I took uh, first blood match two, casket slash coffin match 17. 17. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we can do a couple of those early ones together to not have it be 17. Um, Buried alive four. Hell in a Cell, 13. Mm-hmm. Inferno, 1. 2. 2. That's a 2. I can't read my own writing. I did little tally marks. Uh, last Ride Match, 2. Elimination Chamber, 3, right? Yep. Then a whole host of them that just are one-offs. TLC, 1. Boneyard, 1. Body Bag, 1. Boiler Room Brawl, 1. Punjabi Prison, 1. <laughs> Ladder match, one. RIP match, one. Armageddon match, one. Biker chain match, one. So. Oh my god, host. we're gonna have to do Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> In this RIP match, which I'm still not really sure what the difference between that and just a no holds barred match, other than the reef. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> the right. reef makes all the difference. <laughs> so I don't know how you wanna, like, you wanna do, we could do alphabetical. We, can do. Uh, we could do. We could start off with the one-offs and get rid of them. We could start off with all the, the ones that have more than one and get rid of those first, and then do the one-offs. Or we could pick four or five and leave it to a vote. If anybody's listening or cares, they could vote and tell us what to do to start it. Uh, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? How do you want to start uh, this off? It's almost like we should start off with. I was thinking maybe some of the ones that are not one-offs that have at least two, uh, and then I mean we could put it to a vote if anybody wants to vote or care, but maybe maybe leave off the vote the uh, the two big ones seventeen casket matches thirteen <laughs> hell in the cells maybe we don't start with that one, uh, but the ones with like four or two or three I mean there's inferno last ride elimination chamber buried alive first blood. I mean, there's a couple in there that we could start with that wouldn't automatically start off with a 17-month odyssey for the casket matches. Oh, my God. And, and plus, uh, if we do all that, uh, it's, a, it's every month's a casket match. So yes. let's say, well, let's see, we're starting in March. So I say let's start with First Blood. Okay. And that would be fully loaded 1999, if I'm correct. Yep, that's one of them. I don't remember what the other one is. Do you? Uh, Survivor Series 06 with Mr. Kennedy, I believe. Oh, yeah. Good call. Look at you. Killing 
Yes. He loses That's both of them, but... Spoilers. Well... But that's good though. I think that's uh, that's good. It's like a two. It'll be two months. It won't be seventeen months. Yep. And um, those are both that we have both things that we have footage for. Yep. Some of these, some of these, I'm not 100 percent sure. I was scrolling down like the I forget what the website is. And wrestling database. And then what we can do is since he loses these two, we can go to the Inferno afterwards, where he wins both of them. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. We can do that and. Well, eventually, as we get further along, we'll talk about, like, what I talked about with the Talking Tinker guys is, I, by the way, plug Ski, I was on Talking Tinker. I was going to leave that to the end where you can plug where you're going to be next. So, please give your plug where they can hear you other than here. Yeah, no, Talking Tinker, uh, you know, they, they put up the bad signal for me once or twice a year, which is awesome that they remember me and include me. I love being on their show. Um so they, Alex had this great idea for the Ministry of Darkness draft. Mm. So kind of like a fantasy football draft, but for uh, Ministry of Darkness. And we each get our own version of the Ministry of Darkness where we each get Undertaker. No okay, I was going to say, I was going to say, do you each get the Undertaker? Because if you don't, you know, heads will roll. <laughs> right, right. No, we each get Taker. But other than that, other than the Taker, you have to go through and draft. You can draft any wrestler from any time. Oh, okay. So not 1999. Any federation, any time, and they just have to fit the uh, Ministry of Darkness aesthetic. So you can't pick like The Rock, John Cena, Hulk Hogan. Like that's not gonna be Ministry. Personally, I don't think it could get any better than what he had. Right. Right. Well, we were going through and picking. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but there were some picks like. Um, I mean, everything from, like, Darby Allen and current AEW all the way back to, we're reaching back. Some of us reached back to, like, the uh, very early 80s. Wow. Uh, WWE, we reached into Japan a little bit. I mean, there is, all three of us were kind of all over the place. And it was I cannot cool. wait. I cannot wait to hear the, is this going to be the March episode? Yep, it'll drop on, uh, on March 1st or probably the day before. I know Alex usually drops okay. a few hours before if you're paying attention. So... And then we, um, it's going to be a 12-person, everybody gets a 12-person ministry. That includes, mm. you have to draft at least one woman. So you can draft more than one woman. Oh, because for, ch for China? Is that the one? Uh, you could draft, um, geez, I mean, there, I mean, anything from like Abaddon and AEW, she would fit. Um, China, you can make an argument for China. Uh, Sensational Sherry. I mean, anything that would fit maybe the ministry aesthetic. So a twelve, a twelve-person ministry. And you have to draft at least one manager type person. Okay. So a, a Paul Bearer, Paul Ellering, Kevin Sullivan type, you know. And then you have to draft a one tag team, which is kind of like in fantasy football, you draft. Um, a team's defense. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos defense. So on tag team, you get one tag team. You can say, I want these two guys as my tag team. You get two people with that pick. So you can say, I want the APA. Or I want, um, I'm blanking on a, a, a dark tag team, the powers of pain. Uh, wow. Right. So I um, cannot I wait to listen to this episode. I want to hear who and how everybody chose. And I think what Alex is going to do, Alex and Travis are going to put up a poll after a couple days. Who's who's best? Drops, who's the best one? Who who picked the most uh, uh, outlandish, awesome Ministry of Darkness out there? You know, just just going off the wall. So we'll see. 
we'll see who did it. Uh, it was a fun little episode. It was probably like our, it's like our shows that we do. It's about an hour. I mean, uh, it was a little over an hour. I think it was an hour and a half. Uh, but it was, a, it was a fun thing to do, and it was just something completely different. No watch-along, nothing like that. It's just doing something out of the ordinary. And I even asked Alex, do you want to wait until the NFL draft gets here in May, late April, early May? Like, we can drop it then. Like, when everybody's doing NFL draft, we can do ministry draft. And Alex was like, no way, man. This is uh, this. I'm so excited to do this. Let's do it now. And I'm, I'm glad that he did it now because it was so much fun. I love it. I cannot wait to hear it. And if anybody listening has not already subscribed and checked out the amazing library of episodes, uh, please make sure to check out the predecessor to the Collecting Dead Man podcast, Talking Taker. Uh, Alex and uh, Travis are wonderful people, uh, wonderful Undertaker fans. Um, I've been on their, epi- been on their uh, show a couple times, always looking forward to going back. That's great, great episodes to listen to, and uh, that's where this was all possible with you, with uh, Randy and myself. This whole possible because of Talking Taker. Yeah, you, you've been on there twice, right? Yes. Yeah, I've been on there three times. I just got to stay in front of you. Okay, you yes, stay- yes. You always got to stay in front of me. <laughs> they usually put it up a couple times a year, so like I did October, and I did. You're always gonna actually. be. You're always gonna have one in front of me. Yeah, so hopefully they'll put up the, maybe we'll get to late summer or something and they'll put the bat signal out again. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but they, when I was on with them, they they were the ones that suggested like, hey, when you got you guys do whatever you want to do, but you guys roll through some of those. Uh, I think the hell, I think the hell in the cells are all pretty substantial. They're all pretty long, big matches. But the, like some of those early casket matches are. You know, five minutes, 1991. Kamala, Kamala. Uh, who else did he have those early ones with? Um, I think he had one on uh, that he buries them alive DVD or. Yeah, three. yeah. You have Kama, uh, Kama, Yokozuna. Yeah. yeah um, I forget if it was Jim Neidhart or if it was Jerry Lawler on that tape, but he had one like that. So they're thinking like the five minuteers like that, like. Uh, you guys might want to do maybe two for one show. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, as I was telling them, I was like, there's 17 casting matches that I counted. And for. my always the thing I was thinking of since I was thinking of the Hell in the Cells and the caskets, we split them. So we do like a group of casket matches. We do something else so we can come back to the casket matches. So it's like you're breaking up the casket matches. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't want people to have like you know. Barfarama yeah, of, seriously. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you have like maybe four or five casket matches. You go to do like a couple Hell in the Cells, more casket matches, more Hell in the Cells. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe these one-offs that I have this long list of one-offs, maybe that's a nice break. You do three, four months of caskets, and then we'll go do a body bag match with the Warrior. <laughs> hey, if it's on, if I can find footage of it, we're doing it. I feel like that's got to be on at least YouTube. It has like to be. It has to be. And I don't know that I've seen... If I've seen footage of that, if I've watched it, it was a long time ago. So that would, would be a new one for me, kind of. Yeah. That's the few that started it off for me, was the warrior getting locked in that casket. And I never got to see the blow-off, because I'm, you know, I'm 10. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I can't see Madison Square Garden, obviously, so... 
Yeah. There's a few to pay off, so hopefully I'll, it'll, be, it'll be fun to cover that one and the bone, you know, do four or five Hell in a Cells, do the Boneyard match, something like that. Wow. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the look back at his gimmick matches. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. And if, by all means, if there's something on my list that I am missing and you find one, let me know. I am open to doing it. I think that's a, uh, I have a long weekend coming up, so I think that's a good time to compile the list and see, plan out the, uh, the schedule, see where we go from here. Off topic on, uh, on The Undertaker, President's Day, you said long weekend, President's Day is Monday. Yes. Your take, your take on President's Day, are we just celebrating Washington and Lincoln because their birthdays are both in February, they're so close together, they combined it into President's Day, or are we celebrating all presidents? My take? Yes. All presidents. Yes. Yes. It's President's Day. You know. Love it. Me being yeah. a John F. Kennedy guy, uh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I've been telling people that for years. Some people will tell me, I think it's just for Lincoln and Washington because of their birthdays. And I'm like, that is blasphemy and I will not hear it. You know? <laughs> well, it, it's technically, if they want to take it that way, it's only Washington because that's actually Washington's birthday. That's where it falls on. Yeah that actual day this year so okay. but way, it's it's president's it's president's day yes i'm happy to be off of work i don't care i'm good yes and this and president's day will probably be where this episode drops you'll be dropping on president's day nice so if you are listening on president's day when this episode drops it enjoy your day off and celebrate all the presidents that have come before us this episode is dedicated to Jack Tunney, former WWF president. <laughs> and Gorilla yeah. Monsoon. Yes, Gorilla Monsoon. Jack, Tun Jack Tunney and Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> yes. And sometimes Linda McMahon. <laughs> Whenever she feels like showing Whenever up. Whenever she feels like showing up and acting like WWF president. This one's for yeah. you, Linda. To that old WrestleMania music that's her <laughs> <theme> song. <laughs> ah, nostalgia. Nostalgia. Anything else on your notes before we close out? No, sir. We're all set. Next oh. month, first blood. Okay. You heard it here, folks. Next month, as we get started on the long, long journey through Undertaker's gimmick matches, we start off with one of my favorites. Fully loaded 1999 first blood match as The Undertaker contends for the WWF Championship against Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, as I said, it's one of my favorite ones to look back at. Even though The Undertaker, spoiler, loses. Uh, it's, it's just a fun match. It's a fun Attitude Era match with Vince McMahon on commentary. And all the shenanigans in between. I cannot wait until then. Um, so thank you again, Randy, for joining me. For this whole look back through our tag titles and the one undercard title... And as we get started on this new journey through the gimmick matches, I wouldn't choose anybody better. Thanks. Yeah, I love I love being here. And as I, I texted you earlier uh, last week, I guess, counting like about 51 matches here. So uh, as any president, get to President's Day, as any president would say, four more years. Of <laughs> four more years. And then... And then after this is done, I can say in one as a quote of one of my favorite presidents, are you better off than you were four years ago? Four years ago. <laughs> God knows what we'll 
we'll do after this four years is up. We'll figure it out. We'll uh, figure if we're out. not sick of each other, then we'll think of something <laughs> else. That's right. <laughs> Until next time, Randy, I thank you for joining me. Thank you. And as I always say, join us here next time. Same take of time, same take of channel. And keep on rolling, baby. As always, take care. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling.